Welcome to Christian Historical Fiction Talk. I'm your host, author Liz Tolsma. It's so good to have you along for today's show. If you are new here, welcome. I'm so glad to have you along with us. Please be sure to subscribe to Christian Historical Fiction Talk on your favorite podcasting platform. We're just about everywhere, so please check us out. If you are returning, thank you so much for supporting the show. I really appreciate it. We are moving past our third anniversary and into our fourth year of the show, which just boggles my mind. I can't believe that we've been on the air this long. I am so thankful to all of you loyal listeners for everything that you have done and the way you've supported the show throughout these past years. If you would like to get in on the action and support Christian Historical Fiction Talk, please head over to my website, which is liztolsma.com. You'll find a link there for my Patreon. If you join Patreon, then you can get some bonuses. Okay, I did something. I told a little lie last week at the end of that recording. Things changed around after I recorded that, and I didn't catch it right away until I went to see, okay, so now what do I have to do for this week? And noticed that it was a topic and not an author. So if you came here to hear an author interview, I apologize It was done unintentionally. Like I said, things move around sometimes, and that previous episode was recorded quite a while ago, and things moved around, and I did not catch it, and that was my fault. So I apologize, but don't worry. We have more author interviews coming up, so we will get to that one. But right now, what we are talking about are some author quirks or weird things that authors do when they're writing. So what I'm going to do this week is sort of pull the curtain back so that you can see what goes on behind the scenes in an author's life. Let me tell you, I hope I don't scare you all away with how quirky and unusual and all right, downright weird that we can be sometimes. Please do not call mental health professionals to come and help us because this is normal. This is the way God wired our brains. We are just built this way, and it's what makes us writers. It's what makes us authors. And so the way that we think might be a little bit differently from the way the rest of the world thinks. We're always thinking up stories. We're always inventing new stories. Anything can set us off and down a rabbit trail. or We'll get involved in research that will take us all different kinds of places. I, for one, since I was very, very little, since I can remember, I have been making up stories. I used to make my own commercials and things like that. You know, it's just weird. I would put myself to sleep by inventing these crazy, wild stories. And it was just me. Nobody else that I knew was like that. And so when I started writing and started connecting with other authors, oh, what a relief it was to find out that I wasn't the only one who was like that. So I'm going to give you a little peek into our lives so that you can see what our thought processes are and how sometimes these books come into being. It can be quite strange. What got me thinking about actually doing this topic was 
something that I saw, I believe it was on Facebook from an author, and I can't remember who the original poster was. So forgive me for that if it's you. But they took a picture of their manuscript that they were working on, and they showed that sometimes they get so into writing that they can't remember the names of secondary characters. They can't maybe remember the name of the town where something happened or where they have something set. And when you're in the flow of writing, when it's going really, really well, it is so hard to break that off and to go searching for, oh, what was his name again? What did I have him named? Or what was the name of that town? I really can't remember. I should look it up or something like that. And I thought I was the only one who did this, but I know one of the commenters on there who said, oh, I do this was Sarah Sundin. And I thought, oh my goodness, if Sarah Sundin does this, then I am really not crazy. So what we will do is we will say, it was a lovely day and, oh, I can't remember his name. What was his name? Just type name, all caps and move on. Or you might use like four X's or something like that depends on the author and the way that they do it. Or you're typing along and they walk to, uh, what was the name of that town? Oh, can't remember the name of that town. I don't want to look it up now. So you just write town in all caps. It makes it easy to find when we're going through and doing the editing. And then we can go back and we can look up that secondary character's name or that town name or whatever it was that we couldn't remember at that precise moment. Although I have to say, I apologize to my editor who has my next book in her hands right now, probably editing it as we speak, because what I did was I changed a whole bunch of names around in that, and I got myself confused, and I was putting name, 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 name all over the place, and I missed one. One of my first readers said, Liz, did you realize that you did this? And I'm like, oh, I can't believe I forgot this. Now, my hope is that my editor, who has edited a lot of different authors in her career, will know that this is normal. This is something we do. And we just forgot to fill the name in. She probably even knows who it is and that she'll just mark that for me. But I apologize because I can't believe that I actually sent it off to my editor like that crazy. So sometimes it can be a little bit dangerous when we do that. But I was so relieved to know that I wasn't the only one that was like that. I do that with dates too. The at the top of the chapter, if I'm putting a date, I will just write date. And I will try to figure that all out later because I don't know if it's Sunday or Tuesday or if it's October 10th or November 30th. I, unless there's a real event happening at that time, Otherwise, I kind of know generally when it is, but I might not have an exact date in place. And as I'm recording this, I'm looking up at my whiteboard for what I promised you, which is coming out in February. And I have a whole list of dates written down. It's from when I was figuring out the dates that the book needed to take place. So we'll do that with dates too. Sometimes we just can't be bothered to stop writing and to fill all that in. So we will do a lot of that filling in. Even describing a place, a setting. If it's a certain house or something like that. That we need to describe. Or a piece of clothing. Or what somebody looks like. 
whatever, you know, I can't remember if the hero has brown eyes or green eyes, you know, it changes from day to day. And so I'll just put color in there in cop capital letters so that I can find it and come back and fix it. Or I will just write in capital letters, need description here. If I don't want to stop and look up maybe this real place that I really have to describe well, I'll just do that. Also with coming back and doing more research, it just said, double check this fact, double check this fact, all written in there, capital letters, so that we can find it. So that was one thing. And when Sarah Sundin said she did this. Like I said, I was so relieved. And other authors chimed in. Yes, I do this too. I do it all the time. Oh, what a relief to know I was not crazy. I was not the only one who did that. Now, if you follow me as Liz Tolsma on social media, you will see back in, I don't remember it was, the late winter, early spring, I think, I posted a picture of my whiteboard that was covered with colorful sticky notes because it's a dual timeline. It's actually three timelines and I had to sew them all together. I had written each one separately straight through and then I had to weave them all together. So I had to know where the chapters had to go and everything like that. And so I had all these different colored sticky notes and they were all pasted up on my whiteboard. And I am not the only one who does this. It doesn't matter. Sometimes it's, it's dual timeline or not. Sometimes it's hero heroine. Sometimes it's different kinds of scenes. Sometimes it's whatever. But we authors, we like our sticky notes. I don't know what it is, but we like our sticky notes. And so sometimes we'll stick them to the wall. I've known people who lay them out on the floor. That's how mine started, actually, were out on the floor. And then I put them up on my whiteboard to see them from my desk. And a lot of authors do this. And the more colorful, the better. We love to color code things and have it all colorful. So sticky notes are another thing. If you never know what to get an author for Christmas or their birthday or whatever, just get them colorful sticky notes. They'll love you forever. They're great. And I've also known authors who will print off their entire manuscript and color code it. Colored highlighters are another thing that we really, really like. And so they will go through and they'll highlight things and they will lay it out on their floor then and take a look at it that way, like a giant helicopter overview of it or a drone overview, I guess, nowadays. And that helps them to see the whole story and put it all together. So we do very odd things like that. We love our sticky notes. We love colors and color coordinating things and doing things that way. Another quirk that some authors have, I don't have this. I can't imagine doing this. But in my editing work, I have run across some authors who do this. And I know some other authors, published authors who do this. And I can't begin to imagine it. But they write their first draft out by hand. I'm talking pen and paper by hand. I don't know how they do that. Perfectly honest with you, my hand would cramp after the first page or two. And I know for some, as they've gotten older, arthritis starts setting in, things like that. 
they've had to switch to doing it on the computer and they don't like doing it that way. I can't imagine having to do it by hand. My hand would fall off pretty quickly. I would not be able to write nearly as fast as I do without my computer, or I would not be able to read my own handwriting if I did that. It would get so sloppy by the end. No matter how neat I tried to be, it would be an absolute mess. So that's another quirk some authors have. I can't imagine doing it that way, but for some it really works. And so, hey, if it's what works for you, then good for you. But that's that's a quirk that I don't have, and I never will. I have to have my computers to be able to write. Getting back to the really weird, really quirky stuff. This is probably the weirdest thing I'm going to talk about today. But some authors, yes, I'll admit I am among those authors, they will act out their scenes. I have done it. Yes, I have done it. I want to be able to see, and sometimes I've pulled my husband in. I know other authors who have done this. Like, okay, so if you grab me in this way, am I going to be able to get away from you? Or like, if you hold me against you like this, like, how can I see over your shoulder? Can I see over your shoulder? You're about, you know, six inches taller than me or whatever. And what if I have heels on and, or, you know, would this work? And we're acting it out and trying to figure it out. So yes, I have done it. I do it in the privacy of my office when nobody is around. Nobody will see me. I don't want anybody to catch me doing it, but we will actually act out scenes and sometimes, yes, involve family members. It's amazing how much it helps you to be able to describe something like that. I find it's usually for some type of scene where there's some type of action going on. And we need to find out if that's actually plausible, how that would work, how we can go about describing it. And so sometimes it's acting it out we are able to visualize it and to make sure that it's all good and that it all works. So you will never see me doing it. And you are lucky that I actually admitted to this to all of you because it's kind of weird. It's really weird. All right. It's really weird, but it's amazingly helpful when you're not sure how something like that would work. Here's another thing that I will admit to you, that when I am really, really stuck with something, so this happened on my most recent book too, and I couldn't figure out how this was going to work. I said I had written the timelines all at once, and I was trying to put them together, and I couldn't figure out how the contemporary character was going to go about finding out this thing about the historic character. And I was back and forth. I couldn't figure it out for the life of me. I could not figure it out. It wasn't working. It just wasn't coming together. And if I had to change my entire book at that point, I didn't know what I was going to do. The due date was coming. I had to get this done, but I didn't know what I was going to do with it. So I was up at the cabin on my front porch. So I had a long area that I could pace. And I just started walking back and forth, 
fortunately were way out in the country with no neighbors nearby. So I could talk to myself and I paced back and forth talking to myself. Now, okay, they have to figure this out about them, but they can't know this. And how can I make this work? What if I did that? Nah, that's not going to work. How about if I do this? Maybe. So then this would have to happen. Okay, that might work. Let's see. How could we fit that into that scene? Could I do that? I might have to move that up a little bit. And it was amazing. I paced maybe I can't remember anymore. It was a little while, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, somewhere in there it fell. I didn't time it exactly, and it was a while ago. But it was amazing, pacing back and forth and talking out loud to myself. It's quirky, but it helped me. And I don't know how many other authors actually talk to themselves out loud. I was sort of my own sounding board. We will sometimes call each other up or email each other and say, I just don't know how to make this work. Can you help me? And we will sit on the phone and talk with back and forth and see how we can make it all work. So we do that sometimes, bouncing it off of other authors and other writers to see if it'll work. But sometimes we also just bounce it off of ourselves. Sometimes just hearing it in your ears out loud can help you put it all together. So that's one thing that is very quirky that at least I do. And I'm going to just hope that there are other authors out there that do the exact same thing. Let's just say that. Okay, so another thing that's kind of quirky about us and our poor families have to put up with. Sometimes we are very deeply embedded in our stories and it's really all our mind is processing at that point. We're always figuring out what's going to happen next and what's going to come next and how we could write certain things, even when we're not sitting at our computers, when we're walking, when we're doing dishes, when we're working in the yard, when we're doing laundry, when we're vacuuming. It's always running through our minds, always. And it hasn't happened to me in a while because my kids are older and grown and out of the house. But when they were little and they would be around all the time and I would have to talk to them, sometimes I would have to scold them. More than once, yes, more than once, I called one of my children by one of my characters' names just because that was what was really, really in my head at the time. I do remember one instance I was working in the yard and I must have had to scold one of my children but while I had been weeding, I had been thinking about something about my book, must have noticed whatever this child was doing, and turned around to say something to them. And instead of calling them by their name, I called them by the character name. Yeah, it was a really good laugh. Fortunately, my kids, my husband, my parents, they all know me. They all love me despite everything. And they forgave me for that. At least I hope so. I hope that I haven't scarred them for life by doing that. But I can confidently say that I am not the only author who does this, who calls their kids or their husband or their dog by their characters' names. It just happens because it's what fills our brains day and night until these stories are written. And then no sooner do we get done with these stories, we start another one and that starts swirling in our head. So 
that's another really quirky thing that we do. And that one, I know I am not alone in at all. I have other authors tell me that. I think they've said it here on the podcast that they have done that with their kids. And it's just, it just happens. It just does. We are very fortunate for the most part that we live with families who love us and can forgive us for that. Okay, well, that's it. I've run out of quirks. I've run out of weird habits that authors have. I hope that this maybe gave you a little bit of a chuckle. I hope you don't think that we are too strange when I pull the curtain back and show you what happens in our offices as we try to write these stories. There's a lot that goes into it. Sometimes we go a little crazy. Sometimes we're just different and weird and strange to begin with. I've talked to more than one author who said, growing up, they were a total nerd. That was me too. So really none of this is very different for me from when I was growing up. A lot of it is just sort of a continuation and it's bled over into my writing life. If you'd like to find out more information about this, you can visit my website, LizTolsma.com. I'll have some show notes about this up there. You can follow along. And I will have a few of my books up there. I'll have a few of Sherry's books up there. I'll throw a few of Sarah Sundin's books up there since I mentioned her. You can find some links to those books up there if you'd like to check those out. Next week, it is my great pleasure to welcome Kim Vogel-Sawyer back to the show. She was here last year, and she has a new book out We had a lovely conversation. It was a lot of fun to get to talk to her. We talked about why she writes stories set in Kansas and why she likes to write about Mennonites and about a whole host of other things. I know you all know her. I know you all love her. She's absolutely fantastic and has been writing for a long time. And so I hope that you join us next week for my chat with Kim Vogel-Sawyer. Thank you so much for joining me today for this show, and I hope you have a wonderful week. We will see you next time.